Hello, everyone, and welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture related. I'm your host, Alex, but you can call me Senpai. And joining me tonight, I have our poser extraordinaire, Nitai. Ready for some BNA jam? <laughs> Three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, BNA, the latest and I won't say greatest, but the latest anime from Studio Trigger. Brand um, new animal. <laughs> brand new animal. Yes, that's exactly what BNA stands for. Um, and being that this is a spoiler cast, of course, we may and probably will spoil just about anything in the show. So if you haven't seen it yet, well, this is your one and only warning. So when when you when we usually do spoiler cast, we usually have a structure for how we go through it. We're actually going to do something a little different this time yeah. because I think while uh, you and I, Natai, generally liked BNA, I think we also both admit that there are some glaring problems with it. Yeah. So, also, like I think it's just a good general rule of thumb. Like even if you enjoy something, like you you, you can still be critical of it. You know. Hmm. Absolutely. Just take my favorite anime ever, Spice and Wolf. I think it's great, but there are many problems with it. Many problems. I don't know, man. Bakano is perfect. Bakano is perfect. There's nothing, anything wrong with it. So I don't know what you're on about. It's it's the (laughs) best. It's we have the best anime. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, BNA. So um, Studio Trigger. This was. It's Studio Trigger, and it's actually kind of a, a little bit of a departure for Studio Trigger because Studio Trigger has this tendency to announce their anime like at least a year and a half, two years out before they actually release. Mm. Um, this one was announced back in what was it, July of 2019 at Anime Expo. Yep. Um, and it came out less than a year later. I mean, at least for Japan, yes. Uh, for well, the rest yes. of us on Netflix, it took a bit more time. Yeah, I mean, it aired on Japanese television during the spring season of 2020. Um, one of the very few anime that actually aired during the spring season of 2020. <laughs> um, and for the rest of us out here in the wide world, we got it at the very end of June. Mm. Yes, June. Uh, on Netflix. Um, it was directed by Yo Shinari, probably most famous for directing Little Witch Academia, uh, which is my favorite trigger anime. Um also written by Kagus- Kazuhi Nakashima. I'm just great with names today, by the way. Um, <laughs> who, in the past, has written episodes of uh, Gurren Lagann, Kill a Kill, and Promare. Yeah, pretty pretty ingrained in the whole Trigger uh, studio. Yes, in the mythos. Yeah, yes, exactly. for sure. Um, he's also worked on some other stuff outside of Studio Trigger a- as well. Um and as I said, it was a it was spring 2020 anime. And um, do we, I, let's talk about what we actually thought worked about this anime first. Sure. I think that might actually be a somewhat shorter list. I think I think both you and I can agree that the whole aesthetic of the show is pretty top notch. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like There's it's just pure pink Yoshinari. everywhere. Like, those those character designs and this it, it's peak trigger, like the, the art and, and mm-hmm. animation style. It's, it's, it's peak trigger. Yeah. And also, uh, I'm re- I really enjoy I really enjoy the whole, like, the color scheme of the show. There's just this neon pink all everywhere. And when I, yeah. and when I was watching the show, I, th- there was this thought that was going through my head. Man, this is such a cartoon, and I'm so okay with that. You know? Yeah. It's, it's so... It's got that, it's got that like, Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, yeah. 
Very much so. It's like it's, which isn't it's wonderful. necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I think a lot of people. That's why I love it. Fans might, yeah, a lot of anime fans might hear that and just go like, "Ew." But like for me, I fucking love it. It's one of the reasons I love Studio Trigger because they've kind of kind of cornered the market on this this niche. Um, like for me, I watch a Trigger anime, especially one that's has it's been worked on at all by Yo Yoshinari, uh, with a bit of nostalgia because th- that sort of art style that a lot of his work has is very reminiscent of how anime styling was in the late '90s, early 2000s when I really got into anime, which is really why I like his style. Mm, interesting. Um. But you also something else along with the neon pink colors that are everywhere. A lot of like the um, the environmental colors, the trees and the sky and the clouds, yeah. and very pastel colors. Exactly, which is a huge, a huge uh, contrast. Yeah, it's like super refreshing because I don't know. It just it doesn't feel like most of the shows, like seasonal shows that we see, like have this look, which is which is great. Uh, just looking at the show in motion is just such a fun experience. Um, yeah. It's and. I think that you and I are probably in agreement that throughout a vast majority of the show, the animation was 100% on point. For the most part, yeah. It's very, like, it's very energetic, very, very, uh, very jumpy, I guess. It's, yeah, it's just, you know, it keeps moving uh, for most of the show. Like, we'll we'll get to it, but, like, I, I, I remember watching the first episode and just the very actually simple transformation of some of the characters is just so 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 lively you know like the the first time shiro is, is transforming from like regular person to like a guy with a wolf head it just it looks so just lively i don't know that's the word i yeah, would use yeah i word. i completely agree um i forgot where i was going with oh um i guess this this is kind of falls under the art and animation aspect of it yeah. um <laughs> I like the uh, in the background art. You see a lot of faux name brands, and they're yeah. all Western brands, and I fucking <laughs> love it. In the OP as well, like the thing, like the third shot or something is just you know the, the streets and all. And there's so many different brands. Like I think one of them is Dogway, like Subway. Yes, <laughs> something stupid along those lines. It's like, so I, I love fucking that. stupid, but I love it. Speaking speaking of the OP, what do you think of it? The OP and the ED of these of this show is amazing. I mm. just wish they were longer songs. Yeah, that was surprising watching the OP, and I'm ooh, I'm getting into this. This is really good. Then you hit the fifty second mark, and it's like really going at it, like the the animation itself. You know, both Mitra and Cheryl running along. The, and the then song, it's, like, it's over. Yeah, and 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 the song is just wrapping up, and then it's over ten seconds. I go, no, I need more. And then you go try and find more, and there's fucking nothing. But the the full song is so good. I, I'm just thinking to myself, just use more of it, please. It's so good. Um, but then the ED is so wonderful. Oh yeah, it's chill as fuck. Um, and I really like the the animation of it. Apparently, it's not done by Trigger. It's done that. It's done by this uh, animation studio. It's actually a Canadian animation studio called Big Ant. Um, really? Yeah, it's, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. It's done by Big Ant, which is a uh, Canadian animation studio. It's not by Trigger, and I absolutely love this ED. Uh, well, they they fucking hit it out of the park. Um, yeah, show you now have something to aspire to. <laughs> <laughs> and also Canadian anime and, uh, and animation aside, the song as well is just as you said, chill as fuck. It's just a real bop. Uh, I listen to it quite often do, do, now. Do, 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 do. But man, do they do they use this song all the time in the show? <laughs> mm. Mm. 
Um, and and the overall OST as well is is really really good. Um, I I have a very difficult time putting my finger on it. The best way I can describe what it sounds like is like a very mishmash, like amalgamation of funk, hip hop, and jazz. Yeah, pretty much. It's like um, it's and it just it fucking works like every and all the characters have like their own little themes and it just it, it fucking works. It It's a great backdrop to this um, the urban atmosphere of of BNA. Yeah, very much so. Like th- that that those aspects of the production are really top notch all the way through. Um, and it was just super enjoyable to experience for sure. Like that's something that if people would ask me if they should watch it, I would say yeah, totally. J- just for like the 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 whole atmosphere of the of the show, the atmosphere in general is just so much fun and lively. And yeah, I really like yeah. that part. I also thought, I mean, not a whole lot to say about this, but I also thought the voice acting by and large, some point. Yeah. Um, I don't know because I miss. I don't know if you watch this on Netflix or not. I watch it on Netflix. Uh, did you watch any of the English dub? No, I haven't checked out the dub actually. Um, I've only watched the first episode dub so far, but I actually think it's pretty well done. Mm. I think um, so in terms props of to the English dub voice actors, I might check that out. In terms of like the Japanese dub, I really enjoyed like all of the cast. Uh, but I think, spe- like, the standout for me is Shiro. Um, oh, yeah. Also, I mean, actually, Michiro as well, she was just really fun. Uh, apparently, she also sang the OP, which is pretty dope. Um, yes. But, but yeah, those two, uh, I think, they, they were, like, the standout performances for me. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, now, uh, that being said, we, we're praising a whole lot of stuff about this show. Yes. Do we want to jump um, more into the characters, or do we want to... Um, I mean, some of the characters are... I, I really like Michiru as a character. Like, I like her... Yeah. I like how she starts out as, like, super naive, because she's kind of a fish out of water in the story. Um, and she's got this, what she thinks is a disease... Um, that she's trying to get a cure for by going to the whole Beastman city... Um, and she's really naive about how everything works, and it, it's kind of fun over the first episode or two watching her try and understand the world that she's in. Mm. Um, and I also like that she's she's got like kind of true to form for a lot of trigger protagonists. She's very energetic, upbeat, um, kind of positive mo- more often than not. Like she's a kid, pretty much. Kinda, yeah. yeah. Um, also, she's cute as fuck. I re- I really dig her like design. I'm not a furry, <laughs> but <laughs> I do like her character design a lot. I like a lot of the character designs and like the yeah. animal forms of the characters. That was one thing. Another thing that I think this thing should be praised for is like how creatively designed the uh, like the animal versions of the characters. Yeah, were. and also like just I mean we're jumping around, but like the I, I really really like the the culture they sort of like mm. just show you throughout the show. Like I really like that. Oh, for the mo- they stay in human form, but when like things get heated and like they get emotional and con- confrontational with each other, the beasts may turn into their beast form. And that was just like a small like. W- after like once they 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 say that, 
and they establish that throughout the show you get these small like bits of like you see you see the beastman turn into beast form because you know it it, it suits the uh the scenario I guess and that's yes. a really cool aspect of the show that I really enjoyed yeah i di- I did like the fact that they they took a a show instead of tell approach to like the whole culture of the city itself mm. um which takes a couple of episodes for you know to to come out. But it was fun to watch. Um, and I also liked that the show wasn't afraid to dip into some really light moments like, you know, Trigger is kind of known for, for having these, like, big uh, action set pieces. Big dumb moments, yeah. Just, just a- actual, just stupid comedy. Um, great example would be the baseball episode, which I believe was, what, episode five? Yes, I think it's episode five. I think so, yeah. That's episode five. Yeah, that one was really and it's, fun. It's, the entire the entire episode is essentially an homage to the movie Bad Bad News Bears. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> That's pretty dope. In fact, it, it's <laughs> it's an homage to the Bad News Bears so much. The episode title itself is Greedy Bears. <laughs> that was a cool episode, but I think the, uh, what really cemented to me as one of the better episodes of the season was the whole like story of the coach. Because at first mm. it's sort of just a stupid character and on the side and doesn't it's not yeah, really think interesting. He's just a character who doesn't care. Yeah, but but then you you go through his early life and it's like it's not I I wouldn't call it deep, but it just I I did mm. find it interesting, you know, because again it just tackles oh right this beast society wasn't always just in this city. How did they integrate into uh, like human culture in general? You see this like. Uh, this athlete going through these games and people just shitting on him constantly and it's just yeah it, just, it was just a really fun episode i really yeah i also yeah. kind of like he he's he's down on his luck because he's gambling at baseball which mm. is what he's coaching um i don't know if it's meant to be but it sounds a lot like the real life story of pete rose who did get in trouble for gambling on baseball while he was while he was managing a team oh really which team did he manage <laughs> Uh, well, he managed a couple. But oh, okay. I, I, I know nothing about baseball. Like I don't who know. He, I, I forget who he was managing when he actually finally got caught. Um, but yeah, it, it it. I don't know if it's meant to be an homage to that, but it certainly seems like it. Mm. Um, I, but it's stuff like that that I really like about this. Where you know they they it, it like episode five is essentially a breather. Episode Very much so. Because yeah, it's just it's just stupid fun. Um, and it's Especially after going after episode four, which was like no, it was yeah yeah yeah. But also episode six, I was going to, to talk about episode six specifically, and uh, because of yeah. the whole Nazuna reveal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the hell of a reveal. Yeah, which is okay. So the whole setup of Mitchell suddenly changing, like she's a she's a human, but then uh, one day she changes into a beastman all of a sudden. And mm. then she, you know, she's she decides to leave human society because she would just be hunted. And then the first episode is pretty much a chasing of her fleeing to Anima City, and that's a funny name. <laughs> and uh, just yeah. you know, trying to like figure out shit. And and I like the tip, like those bits and pieces of throughout the first few episodes of yeah she had this friend and she got kidnapped and I'm like okay let's see where this is going and then she's her friend Nazuna is pretty much oh she's a cult leader now <laughs> which was pretty cool and also Dio 
appeared, and then you suddenly realize, oh, okay, I guess this is a bad guy now. Ho-ho, you're approaching me? Ho-ho, you're approaching my pop idol? (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, that was, like, at this point, like, I I thought I had this show figured out, but then... that's the thing about Nazuna. Like suddenly she's not, you know, stranded to this cult. She's she's using that because she wants to be adored and loved and be famous, mm. which was interesting, but it didn't go anywhere. I don't know. Yeah, I also like how there's so many subtle hints throughout the show that. There may have been a lesbian relationship. Oh, I, I fucking them. knew you would go there. I knew you would go there. They're just good friends. I, listen, I, I didn't have to go there. The show went there, Natai. Did it, though? You're just saying yes. because, she, because she wanted to sleep uh, to sleep with her one night. Yes. Come on. I mean, it's probably Yuri Bait. They knew what they were doing, but still. Of course, it's Yuri Bait. Why the fuck would I talk about it if it wasn't Yuri Bait? It's there. It's there. Fuck Natai. It's fucking there. They hint at a lesbian relationship between these two characters multiple times. Can we talk about Shiro real quick? <laughs> sure. Shiro's awesome, dude. I, I haven't looked it up, I, I, but I think I think I think it's the same actor who voices one of the characters from Gintama. It's like a policeman in Gintama. Uh, but man, Shiro was so was such a from the get go. I love Shiro because the moment <laughs> you meet him, he's like it's in the festival and Mitro is walking around. Then she sees this older wolf guy and he's crying. And from just in, in a second, this guy has more personality than like almost any character because oh, why is he crying about? It? And it's like and it's not played off for laughs. You know, it's just oh, it's like what's up with him. It's uh, no. It could have very easily been played off for laughs too, given yeah. what's going on around them. But but and but it doesn't. And as the show goes on, you get to know him better. And I honestly, I think he's like the best written character in the show. Yeah. I don't know if it's like uh, if that's a hot take or anything. But I'm, I don't. <laughs> hell if I know. Um, I'm looking up the voice actor. I don't think he was ever in Gintama, but he was also he was the voice of Reiner in Attack on Titan. Oh shit! That's right. Maybe that. Okay, I'm mistook. That's probably why. I mean, we have so just familiar. watched Attack on Titan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I, I don't usually I check when I hear someone that's like super familiar, but I don't know. He's super familiar to me. I was like, wait, who is he? Mm. I mean, he was familiar, just not the character you thought he was. Oh, maybe I'm thinking about uh, anyway. But yeah, like Shiro was really just a really fun character. I I really wish we would have gone. Maybe, maybe just like, maybe it's just me trying to pigeonhole the show to something it wasn't. But for for hmm. some time, I thought it was gonna be like a body cop sort of sort of show, which yeah, it is from I, time I, to time. I, but it's not really committed to that. No, it doesn't commit to it. And I think had it actually committed to that, it would have been so much more fun. Like hmm. if it had just become like, <laughs> it just become like, uh, what's that fucking movie series with Eddie Murphy and? Rush Hour? Jackie Chan. No, Rush it's not Hour. Ready, if it had just been it's Rush Hour, that would have been phenomenal. That's not that black person. It's Chris Tucker, bitch. Mm. <laughs> Chris Tucker, yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I actually just recently wa- rewatched Eddie Murphy's Delirious. I have Eddie Murphy on the brain. Oh, Stop. gotcha. <laughs> sorry. But, but anyway, it's like, on the, on the one hand, it felt like, I don't know, I got the vibes that maybe it was going there, and for some of the episode, it does, but then it doesn't. 
you know? Hmm. It feels like it feels like the show doesn't really isn't too sure what it wants to be about because i mean okay so a lot of the show is pretty much just like about racism between humans and beastmen yeah right it would certainly becomes that after like the first three or four episodes yeah but it just we talked about it before we start recording but i feel like it, it's not very nuanced you know it just I pretty think it much tries to be but it doesn't know how to be i i think so I hate to delve into other trigger shows, but I think this kind of also happened with uh, Darling the Franks to some extent, where Trigger tried to tell, and of course that was a, a collaboration with A1 Pictures as well, so I can't necessarily blame Trigger entirely for this, um, but they tried to tell a really nuanced, um, very human story with uh, Darling the Franks. And like the first half of it, they did a really good job, and then towards the end, it just kind of fell on its face because it kind of forgot what it was trying to be. And I feel mm. like, to some extent, the same thing happened here with BNA. Because it's so strange. They they established this world, which is really cool. I really enjoyed the, the world building in terms of, like, we talked about the, the backstory of the coach and just in general the dynamic between the between Anima City and the Japanese government. And and just the first episode, I, I absolutely love how she escapes the city and these hunters are, like, trying to get her. And then when she tries to get into Anima City, the, those fucking weasels are trying to get money out of her to get her into excuse the me, city. Excuse me, excuse me. Minku! 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 <laughs> also, yeah, uh, uh, was it Marie? I think, Mari. Yeah, Mari. A real, that character is top-notch. Her theme is the best in the soundtrack. But anyway. <laughs> um, and, and then they delve in, into rights. And the episode with the Albatross is really cool because it talks about, yeah, the moment they it, it, they wanted to give us equal rights to humans, but that means most of my kind birds can't fly and migrate. And, uh, um, um, fuck, what's the word? Migrate? Migrate, yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. It's, it's not immigrate in Italian. No, no, no. I know. I know. It's sorry. It's it's very late. And migrate because you know they're birds, and you humans just shut them shut them down because oh now they have human they supposedly have human rights and they can't do that, and hmm. that's really smart. That whole episode is super smart, and I like that. But then you get to the end of the show and it, it ends up being just a, a plan by a, as you said, a, a mustache trolling villain. Yeah, I mean that that's another one of the things that kind of disappointed me about this um was the the main villain uh what's his name Alan Silvasta Silvasta yeah, however the fuck you say that yes it's Sylvester Stallone uh, <laughs> Alan Sylvester Stallone <laughs> yes <laughs> um like when he's first introduced I'm thinking my god trigger are you just going to make the most obvious villain ever um, but yes. then I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe Trigger is setting me up for a huge, like, anticlimactic thing at the end, like you know, where it's it, it's going to be. Nah, he was actually a good guy all along. This is the bad guy. And they try to play it off like he is like a good person, but eh, yeah, like, you never. There buy was a it. part of me. There was a part of me. I want to say near the middle of the show where I thought. Maybe at the end it's going to be like a complete reversal where the um, the mayor of the city is going to end up being the actual bad person and Alan's going to be the one that's fighting against her. And I'm like, oh, that would actually be really great. And then they get to it and it's like, nah, I was the mustache twirling villain all along. <laughs> it's so – and like his character really pissed me off, especially in the final episode because like – 
you don't mind me jumping there right now. Oh, right? go ahead, but go ahead. It's like I mean so, we're we're kind of jumping around all, already at this point, but <laughs> I mean it's a trigger show. <laughs> but anyway, <Yeah>. uh, triggered. <laughs> so in the final episode, he he reveals himself to be a pure-blooded beastman, and in that moment, I was like, really. He's a beast Could you be long. any more of a stand-in for it's, Adolf Hitler if it, you tried? It's such a, and you couldn't even commit to a to human to a human like just trying like being evil and big and bigot and a racist. And to some extent, my my expectations were subverted. But it's so much worse. It's like oh, exactly, it's just a Nazi beastman. You know, it's, it's literally he's literally a stand-in for like Goebbels, <laughs> pretty much. And and I don't get it. It's, it feels so kind of, I don't know, lazy. And then we get the fights in between him and Shiro, and it just feels kind of, I don't know. It's just, and not to mention that twist at the end where like so they build up this thing that because beastmen are uh, not pure blooded, they have this like sort of uh, uh, part of their body that like when they get too emotional or something they go savage, and then and he says. He very clearly states, yes, pure basement don't have this, like, uh, genetic malfunction or whatever. And then he becomes savage as well because it's like, uh, really? Yeah. And they try to play it off. And they try to play it off away because he somehow in this backwards way got Mitro's blood, which makes sense. But it doesn't, it just, it doesn't feel earned, you know? It feels like it's stolen, honestly. Yeah. It's like really, uh, which is this is the problem that I, I've noticed in in trigger anime recently. I mean, not necessarily like everything that they've done recently, because like this didn't happen in Gridman or Premiere, uh, but it certainly happened in Darling in the Franks, where you commit to all these plot threads, and then by the end, you just like, nah, we're going with this. And, like you it can't just... do that. Like th- there were there were a lot of plot threads that were that were you know opened up and kind of explored a little bit earlier on and then by the time that yeah. the, the conclusion came around they're like nah just evil dude being evil and it's so strange because i, I really liked so we, we we did some research right before we started recording because we, we because it's it just i really want to try and understand because why we're they... responsible podcasters natai <laughs> And also because, like, we're trying to, just to figure out, like, what happened with this show. Because, so, it's episodes four and six were written by uh, a different screenwriter. Um, I, I don't have the name right in, uh, on Nanami screen. Nanami right. Higuchi. Higuchi. <laughs> and, and that person is super talented, apparently, because... He wrote... They- all he wrote all twelve episodes he, of Beast. He wrote Stars, all Beast Stars. Fucking fucking phenomenal. If you haven't seen it, go watch now, it at some point. I really want to do a fucking yeah. spoiler cast for Beast Stars too. Now, granted, granted, Beast Stars is based on a manga, so they did have something to work off of, right? Yes, but, and BNA is is a complete anime original. Yeah, um, but the thing is. Episodes four and six were written by that person, and I feel like those were some of the stronger episodes in terms of writing and nuance. Like episode mm-hmm. four was focusing on this dolphin girl who was who wanted to be like a social uh, media uh, personality, I guess. She right? wanted to be an influencer. An influencer, and <laughs> when they go off to that party of of humans, the, it, that whole section is really cool. I really enjoyed that, and not to mention how it like how it ended where they just shove her inside that aquarium because they're like, Oh, she said she couldn't breathe. And I'm like, Oh, 
She's Shit. a dolphin, right? She needs, <laughs> she needs water. No, bitch. She's a mammal. <laughs> that all, that episode was great. And episode six with the Nazarene reveal was, I really enjoyed that. Where she was like, no, I want to stay in this cold. I want to, bec- mainly because out of selfish reasons. But she wanted to, you know, fulfill her dream of being a pop idol. Which is like, okay, interesting. But then... When you go, I, I can't remember which episode was it that sort of that it felt like it was declining from that point on. Maybe it was uh, eight or nine. I, I can't remember specifically, but the end of the show just feels like it's only lo- loses all nuance and just turns into this very oh yeah, um, racism is bad. Don't be reckless. Don't jump into conclusions. And it's like uh, this this which, one. I mean- thing- those are good. Those are good messages. Yes, but yes. It's there's not nothing like messages wrong with we that. haven't heard a million times before. And I mean, I mean, fuck it. I mean, just look at the social climate, especially in the states right now. It's something that people need to kind of understand, you know. Yeah, but but again, it's not like it's a, it's not like something that hasn't been said a million times already. And it's you said, and the the world establishment is done so well, and some of these episodes are so good and so just well done. I feels... genuinely wonder if this show would have been a lot better had Higuchi actually written the entire show. I do wonder. Also, I wonder if what it would have been like. I really like twelve episode show, you know. But sometimes I feel I I I am just trying to imagine what if this ep- this show was like two chords, you know? Yeah. Or I I think I think it would have been better had they had like maybe fifteen episodes. Just fifteen episodes to kind of flesh out the ending a little more, give the give the villain some actual character development. Maybe because like they try to give Alan more stuff to be because they say, oh, he's part of the family that that killed those uh, beastmen back when the first massacre happened. But yeah, man, when that happened, I was like, really, you're gonna try and <sighs> I don't know. And also, they they make the plot. They try to turn it to be more convoluted it is. Like, in mm. terms of motivation, so, okay, she meets Nazuna, and, yeah, I'm part of the cult. And then the cult is, in is like, working with Alan behind the scenes, but it's not stated literally. And throughout the show, they tell uh, Michiru to, yeah, don't show people who can transform, but she does it anyway, it doesn't go anywhere. It just feels like they... Yeah. I don't know. I think they could have gone just... To, they should have focused on something more simple that it could have developed more and more as the show went on. Instead of just throwing yeah. so many different things at it that clearly didn't stick, you know? Yeah. And that's something else. Like, you look at something that Trigger did uh, a couple of years ago with Keysnifer. That's another show that could have benefited from maybe 24 or 30 episodes. But what did it get? 12. Didn't they say that they wanted more episodes, but they just couldn't? Mm. Yes. Written by Maria Okada, by the way, who wrote fucking uh, Machia. Yeah, and Anohana. Um, Yeah, she apparently came up with like 33 or 34 episodes worth of material, and Trigger's like, you got to cut this down to 12. I don't know. I'm really curious. I mean, because... I, I'm I'm dumb. I, do, I, I can't do journalism, but I'm really curious if someone would check like the production stories of of BNA because something feels so off about how yeah. this show like just like I feel maybe I don't know maybe there was there was more to it and it's something similar to where you know a project was brought to them that was like 24 episodes and they're like we don't have the budget for this can you do 12? Yeah, I don't know. It's just so strange. 
There's just some, something so off about like the 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 later parts of this show, because yeah. I mean, I, both you both you and I will agree that the first half is really solid. It's really fun. Yeah, I mean, I would say the first like seven or eight episodes are are really good. Like, I'd say around episode eight is really really narratively starts to fall off a cliff. Yeah, and it's a shame because like again, the world is really. It's really it's, it's an excellent. interesting world that's created, yeah. and I would like to have experienced more of it because you see little snapshots here and there of certain parts of it. But at the end of the day, by the end of the show, you're you're left wondering, like, well, what else is there in this world? What mm-hmm. else can I see? What did I miss? Maybe they just had a really hard time trying to get a villain into this show, like an actual antagonist that would yeah that would work as like an antagonist both you know just like as a as a force both like you know is in in terms of themes and like that whole like dynamic between him and like the protagonist also and also just who could fight <laughs> maybe yeah, that, yes. that's part of it they just oh shit uh, how do we turn this into a big fight and not just have season? someone who throws a bunch of goons at people yeah it's <sighs> it almost feels like the the villain alan is is almost an afterthought it really does it's almost like they came up with this great formula for like a buddy cop thing, and they're like, "Oh, who are they gonna fight?" <laughs> because when they establish him as like, yeah, he's part of the reason, like the the uh, like his the conglomerate that conglomerate he leads, like they help uh, the city, like just you know <laughs> stay afloat and stuff, and the whole medical center, like yeah, it's I- the whole reason the city's allowed to be independent. Yeah, like. I thought that was interesting. Also, he's involved with the medical center as well. That that was pretty a great, in- a, gr- a great political thread to explore that goes absolutely nowhere. Nowhere, absolutely nowhere, and it's just. Do you know what? Do you know what that could have been a great thread to open? Maybe the fucking mayor's office is full of corrupt people. That would have been a great thing to explore. On on, I mean, I guess, but I think like if the mayor would have been would have turned out to be the antagonist, I feel that sort of would have betrayed her character because I think her character is like she's fine. I don't have any issues with her character. Um, although I don't know, it just it's so weird because I really like, then they establish the gangsters, which I absolutely love. I love the that uh, flip character, right? <laughs> the the father of the dolphin. Yeah, that's funny. I, yeah, I really like I, I like the part of the ending where the the cops are like, "You had all these illegal weapons." It's like, "Well, I bet you're happy you have these right now." When they yeah, it's they like whole... giving illegal weapons to the cops, and the cops like, "Where'd you get these?" <laughs> oh, you don't want to ask that question. <laughs> and also the dynamic between the the police officer and Shiro, I really like that. It's just there's there's so many things put in place that are just in our story that are so interesting and fun and just like you know they're just well thought out but they go nowhere and it's like yeah it's like and they that's, had this that's, i was gonna say that's the most frustrating thing like as much as you and i love this show um it, it it's it's got some really glaring issues yeah and it's it's and I think a lot of it has to. I don't want to. I don't want to say like studio meddling because the studio itself is the one that made it. Yeah. But I feel like there was some kind of meddling with the story that went on, whether that was because of a budget cut or um, mm. you know, resource cut or, or or something. I I, I don't know because it's it's not like Trigger has an enormous amount on the table right now. I mean, besides B and A, because they'd already finished Premiere, the only thing that they had. Uh, announced uh, 
was the sequel, I, I use that term loosely, quote-unquote sequel to Gridman that they're working on, and allegedly Inferno Cop Season 2, although I'm dubious as to whether we'll ever get that, and the uh, voice actor for the main character has died. Um, and, I mean, they just recently announced that they're also doing an uh, anime adaptation of Cyberpunk 2077, but like, it's not like they had an enormous amount on their table. I don't know. I really want to know like how the production of this show went because it is it is interesting that like it was announced and even less than a year after it was announced it started airing although maybe it's not that uh, special but I don't know. I do want to know like no, what happened for, for Trigger the, it is because for Trigger they it usually, is. They they tend to announce their their projects like 2 years in advance. Yeah, that's true. But that's what they did. That, that's what they did with Darling the Franks. I think Darling the Franks was like two and a half years in advance before that, they. That show that had that. so much like marketing goes that went towards it. Also makes sense because A One also was a part of it. But yeah, and A One just throwing their fucking massive wads of cash at Trigger and make me fucking anime. Yeah, but it's I don't know something is so off with BNA, and I I can't remember the last time I watched the show and felt this like. <laughs> felt this way about it it, but yeah maybe it because it because we liked it so much but just something so off about it and i wonder if there's something that went beyond behind the scenes maybe they just didn't plan it out too well maybe in pre-production they just had trouble just you know finding a good ending for it i don't know or maybe they just are not good at at like writing nuanced uh like stories concerning these themes i don't know I, i don't know I hate to say that Trigger shouldn't do uh, like really nuanced stuff because I think you and I both agree Trigger is at its best when it does like irreverent, really fun stories. Like Premiere, I know you haven't seen Premiere yet, I don't think. No, I. But um, it, it's irreverent, it's fun, it's it it's not a serious story at all. Same thing with Kill the Kill. Um, same thing with Space Patrol Luluco, with mm. uh, Little Witch Academia. I mean, these are not deep, probing stories that delve into like the human psyche or some like deep, nuanced issue. They're just but, fun. But, but, I mean, and again, I haven't watched most of these shows, so I need to do my trigger homework for sure. Yes, but, you, yes you do. But, I mean, and again, Gurren Lagann isn't trigger, it's Gainax, but a lot of these people worked on Gurren Lagann. Yeah. But, say what you will, that show is nuanced. And oh, yeah. from Kurt what Lagen I've heard, is. And, and, and Kill Kill, from the very little I've heard of and seen, it potentially nuanced. And Gradman, for the very little I've seen, has potential, like, it, it it's about something, you know? Yeah. And obviously, BNA is about something. I just don't feel like it, it stuck the landing when it came to, like, just, you know, giving a payoff to its themes and what, like, all the themes it put in place. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, they did not stick the landing. They had a great concept um, that could have worked very well. They just didn't stick the landing at all, um, which is a shame because they created an interesting world full, full of well-designed characters and great OST. Um, it's just a shame that when it came to putting together the whole package, they they ran out of shit to do. Yeah, I don't know. It's It's weird. It's it really is weird. But I think I think I think you and I. Well, I'll, I'll wrap this up by asking a question I ask pretty much at the end of every spoiler cast. What what numerical score did you give this out of ten? I give it a seven. Although the more I talked about it, maybe it will go to a six. But I think it's a solid seven. See, I I feel like you know if you've listened to this podcast for any of the time, you know I'm a huge Trigger fanboy, so this is going to be my huge biased opinion of it. I gave it an eight out of ten. 
mostly because I really like the character designs. really love the soundtrack. Um, love the art. But as, as you, like you said, the more I talk about it, I'm like, that should be like a seven or a six. You know this. And I'm like, I can't. Yeah. But I don't know. For me, I think it is a seven. But yeah, there's just something. This show, man. So I don't much know. <laughs> yeah. Could have been so much better. I wish it was better. Yeah, me too. Um, I guess now we just have to hope that the, well, the only two things, technically three, that Trigger has on the horizon is the Gridman sequel, quote-unquote sequel, uh, maybe Inferno Cop Season 2, which first season of Inferno Cop was really good. Um, and Cyberpunk should be anime. interesting to see. That's going to be really interesting because it's going to be Trigger going back to doing something they haven't done for a while, and that's making an adaptation. Although, I guess you could technically consider Gridman to be an adaptation. That's right. Um, it's, but other it's than Gridman, the only other adaptation of something they've done is when Supernatural Battles became commonplace, and that show was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, that's yeah. that's BNA. I mean, we enjoyed it, but God, it's got some problems. <laughs> Do you think they will make a second season? I don't think so. I think that Trigger... I was shocked as hell that we're getting a continuation of, of Gridman. Hmm. Um, I, Trigger doesn't have a habit of making sequels to the stuff that they make. Um, so I'd be shocked to cut to find out that there's going to be a sequel to BNA. I mean, Who knows? Maybe the story, were... the story for what it is feels like it's done. I mean, it may not have been a good story, but it does feel like they tried to wrap it up. Who knows? Maybe they're like laying the groundwork to like make more franchises type of shows out of their library of Maybe. anime. Maybe. We'll have to see. Yep. But uh, for now, thank you all out there for dropping to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed it because we always enjoy bringing this stuff to you. If you want to check out other episodes of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, BitChute, SoundCloud, and Spotify. If you want to keep up with what we're doing, you can join us on Discord, Facebook, Twitter, and our website. Shoot us an email if you have any questions or if you have ideas for topics you'd like for us to talk about in the future. Links to all these things will be down below in the description. As always, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Segnai Natai. It's not Yuri. I'm telling you, this show is not Yuri. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell you once. Don't all, loot the girls, please. No, no. Michiru was giving Nazuna bedroom eyes like a motherfucker. I'm out. I'm out. I'm going. I'm out.